Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, Only in New York. Welcome to Only in New York. I'm Tracy Carnazzo. And I'm Andrea Allen. And I'm Hamda. You've seen our guest today on the stand-ups on Netflix. He's been on Conan twice, The Tonight Show, The Late Show, The Late Late Show, basically all the times of the clock shows. He's the co-host of the popular podcast, Tuesdays with Stories. His new album is available now on Comedy Central and YouTube. It's called I Hate Myself. Please welcome Joe List. Hey, thanks, everybody. We hate you, too, Joe. Oh, gee whiz. (laughs) I just want you to feel comfortable. No, I appreciate it. Thank you for listing all my credits, because it reminds me that I'm I'm not a bad person. No, you're very accomplished. Actually, you can be a bad person with a lot of credits. I don't know why I said that. But I'm doing well, is what I meant. Well, you're not a good person, but you're very um, successful. Yeah. That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a comedian, right? A successful comedian? Are they ever a good person? I don't know. Do we have one on record? Uh, Ted Alexandro seems like a really good guy. Mm, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's he seems reference. like it though. I mean, what I don't know what he does in private. He has a kid. He might hit it. Who knows? <laughs> no. He seems nice. Let me tell you something. The Alexandros. Uh, I know that a lot of people that are listening know Ted Alexandro. Uh, Ted Alexandro's mom was my religion teacher in oh, high school. Of course. Here we go. <laughs> and mm. the reason why I started comedy was because when I was a freshman in high school, Ted Alexandro's mom used to talk about her Teddy all the time and how he was doing comedy. And I was like, comedy? I want to do comedy. And I asked her to bring in his tapes. Now, this is, you know, I'm very old. So when they bring in his tapes, I'm talking about we rented the TV, we rolled it into the room. Do you remember oh, this? Love the wheelie. Yep. Mm-hmm. They wheeled the TV. You know, you send two students down to the AV room and you yes. wheel up the TV. And then it was a VHS tape. And we got to watch it in class because I requested that we see Ted. And then I would go to the city and take the train like a wild animal. Mm -hmm. And I would go see Ted do comedy. And I was like, I want to do this. Where would you see him do comedy? What were like Boston Comedy Club? Yeah. yeah. Bar shows. Yeah. At the time, those guys weren't carding, which was incredible. I the best timing that I've had in New York City was turning 21 exactly when they started carding. Yeah. But otherwise, they. I hate to tell you, Hamza, I'm a tiny bit younger than you, and mm-hmm. they did not start carding there because when no. I was, when I was, fourteen, I would go to a bar and use my cousin's college ID. Yeah, you also had like a tattoo of a flame on your lower back. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> let's be honest about the branding that you were putting forth. I'm just saying, I and then I had an American ID card. It just said American ID card. 
And it I had don't the, think they handed me one of those. I yeah. got it on Jamaica well, Avenue and it had the American flag on it. My brother's social security number, because I was like, I'm not giving them mine. Because, <laughs> you know, all... you have your social on your ID, obviously. Sure. Can we start every episode with all of this allegedly happened? Thank <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah, 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 yeah. Allegedly. Allegedly, um, Tracy should be in jail after every episode. Hi, yes. Joe. Welcome to the Hi, show. Joe. No, thanks for having me. I enjoyed that. I don't know what an American idea is. I've never it's heard not of this real. in my life. It's just a laminated piece of paper that some guy at a Photoshop on Jamaica Avenue and Woodhaven Boulevard made me when I was 14 years old. And oh, really, nice. I believe that like a lot of these IDs probably have Joe List on them. Like That's a good sign. Solid American. Yes. Name. It sounds good, right? Two syllables. Boom. Mm-hmm. It's like yeah. super. It's like super bad when it's like Muhammad is the most commonly used name on the fucking planet. Read a fucking book. <laughs> but it's Joe List. So, did you have a, a fake ID? Were you like out there uh, pounds in the bars when you were young? I did. I did, and I did. I had an ID. It was a real ID from a guy named Joseph Michael Arnold mm. from Ooh. Columbia, South Carolina. Ooh, I- enough. Joe Arnold. I spent quite a long time in Columbia, South Carolina. What? Well, I don't know if you know what? this Joe Stop guy. Stop it. I really Grace did. is like, he was my friend. I worked for him mm-hmm. under the table. He was my I first husband. the IDs. <laughs> well, it was great, but I got busted one second because I lived in Boston at the time. And back then I was drinking and I was young. And so I had like an accent that I wanted to sound tough. So I'd be like, what's up, dude? And the guy was like, you're from Columbia, South Carolina. I'm like, Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and the guy was like beating he let me keep my id but like That's i had nice. like a red Sox hat and a celtic shirt and i was like what's up kid and he's no. like you're not from south carolina beat it uh but it worked it worked it worked in new york because in new york like you said people were pretty lean as long as you had an idea at a lot of those mm-hmm. bars yeah give a shit. so it, it worked like- well for me I feel like that's because they were being watched in the sense where are you checking id yeah like, exactly not- yeah are you, you know, running it through some sort of background check? It's like, yep, that person handed me a thing and I handed him back and they can get away with it. It's to cover their asses. I yeah. handed them a piece of paper that said America ID. I mean, come on. Tracy made you. flag on it. Yeah. <laughs> Tracy made that in the back of the tattoo shop. She hung out that when she was 14. Yeah. I think that, Joe, your ID might have had the uh, Confederate flag on it, no? Yeah, probably. I think South Carolina <laughs> might be one of the states that has a confederate type of thing. Yeah, they used to have the Confederate flag on the state house and they uh, just recently within the last few years took it down. That was wow. real recently. Yeah. Yeah. Growth. Yeah. <laughs> we're probably progressing. Baby. Yeah. <laughs> America. You know what, guys? We're ready now. Take it down. <laughs> well, I aren't don't you think glad it was you're... like that. I think it was more like. Fuck. Yeah. It was like, we have to do this. The fucking North again. Yeah. (laughs) These cunts are making us take down our flag. (laughs) They don't appreciate history. Well, aren't you glad you're not from there at all? Uh, So, Joe, you're from Boston. Yeah, well, south of Boston. I'm from Whitman, Massachusetts, which is about 35, 40 minutes south of Boston, more suburby. But we all said Boston. Is right. that a Southie? I just want to use the one term I learned from. Uh, oh, I'm that the one to use her slang. Thank you, thank you. <laughs> no, Southie is is South Boston, so Southie is a, a neighborhood in Boston. This is just we say South Shore, but again in Massachusetts you say South Shore. But I grew up 40 minutes from the beach, hmm. but still they, we say Shore. It's that kind of thing. Oh, okay, maybe that's kind of like Long Island, where you're not always by the beach, but 
You sound like you're oh, from you somewhere certainly nice. Certainly not always by the beach at Long Island. <laughs> I mean, you are always by the beach. It's just which beach are you by? Are you by um, Long Beach or the Hamptons, or are you by the beach where all the dead bodies of the hookers were found? You know what I mean? Like it's just that's real. What? what? When was that? Oh God! That's I read a for, book. Yeah. What's that yeah. book? Lost Girls. It's called. Mm-hmm. Oh, God, that's, that's a book about it. Every time I hear about dead female bodies, I'm like, that's where I'm going to end up. We all know it. Everyone knows it. I'm going to be in her fucking rock somewhere. Oh, my God. (laughs) Andrea, stop. (laughs) We have to stop each other from spiraling all the way down. Hello, good COVID. Mm -hmm. Uh, We're still there, right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Everything's fine. (laughs) (laughs) So what made you move to New York? Um. Well, comedy in general, but I always wanted to move to New York. I was like a New York obsessed guy. Sarah's coming in right now. That's the squeak you hear. That's not a ghost. I don't want anyone to get nervous. I get very nervous at sounds on podcasts. Yeah. Every door in our apartment, this is very New York, I guess, sounds mm-hmm. like, uh, as Brian Regan said, a witch being boiled. It's yes. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but she, she was in and out. So Sarah um, was also on our podcast, and she was absolutely lovely and hilarious. Mm-hmm. It's funny because as she's going downstairs to our downstairs, I can hear that door also squeaking <laughs> uh, in the distance. But, so I wanted to move to New York. I was New York obsessed early. Uh, I know he's got some personal problems, but... I was like big into Woody Allen movies when I was a kid yes. and then mm-hmm. Seinfeld. So the TV show Seinfeld and Woody Allen both made me canceled, like canceled. Completely. Mm-hmm. Sorry. Jerry hasn't been canceled yet. Believe it yet. I, I spent uh, an entire week uh, just spiraling into um, the, down the rabbit hole of Jerry Seinfeld dating a high school student. No. When he was in his Shoshana. Yeah. He yeah. picked her up from school. Yes. I mean, oh, how old are you? He met Listen, her at a park. What the yeah. fuck? Here's the thing. I get it. Like, it's not right or whatever. But <laughs> Or whatever. <laughs> but imagine you're Shoshana. Uh-huh. Oh, because I'm Shoshana. <laughs> okay? We're all Shoshana. Uh-huh. Like, it was the coolest thing to have, like, your very age inappropriate boyfriend to pick you up from school. Like, my boyfriend would, like, come pick me up in, like, a Cadillac Escalade. Mm-hmm. And I pick was, like, a up. freshman to, in high school. I had to meet people and hope they show up. Right. And then it's like, ha- why does your boyfriend drive? And you're like, because he's 35 and he's a plumber. <laughs> <laughs> what is the problem? <laughs> But in this story, he's Jerry Seinfeld. <laughs> right, but it, exactly. And that's like so much cooler. Well, I mean, listen, I thought it was pretty cool that I was dating a lot of, um, you know, union workers in high school. But imagine Jerry Seinfeld picture from like, that's cool. Because he was he was on at that yeah. point. Oh, yeah, he yeah. was cool. But here's the thing, Joe, you're young at the time. And Jerry and all these like Woody Allen, mm-hmm. what connects you to these Nebishy, forget their. Ooh, I like that word, Hemda. Yeah, right, yeah. it's very nebishy. And you're from Boston. You're pretending to be tough. Like, what got you? <laughs> well, I was very. I'm a very neurotic guy, and they were funny. I mean, I find. I, I mean, Jerry. I love his stand-up, but it, the show was amazing to me, and it seemed like fun. I wanted to be a comedian. I was mm-hmm. also comedy obsessed. And I also was like a huge Scorsese guy too. Like I loved Taxi Driver and Goodfellas and Godfather. Oh. All those, all those uh, 
Yeah, so all those mob things, New York just seemed exciting. And also I was growing up in like a really small town, suburbs. And then I got really into Springsteen and that was all about, we got to get out of here, man. <laughs> like, yeah, you know, born to run. And so New York just seemed like the opposite of, of Whitman, Massachusetts to me. Right. Um, but yeah, Woody and, and, and Jerry, mm-hmm. but they were both comedians and a filmmaker-y kind of thing. And they talked relationship. They were always with, women and had hot women around and funny friends. And I was like, this they were pretty great. young, the women. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Always with high schoolers. And yeah. And it's like middle schoolers. And then and, their kids. And you their know, daughters. I didn't realize that you were such a Springsteen fan until you thanked Bruce Springsteen on your uh, Comedy Central special. Oh, I'm obsessed with Springsteen. Yeah. Right. I mean, he's the biggest influence in my life. He like He's more of a dad than my dad. No offense, dad, if you're listening to this. Well, maybe a little offense. Should have wake, uh, woken up earlier. Have, have you yeah. ever met him? You won't listen. I did meet Your him dad. very briefly. I met my dad once on my <laughs> we'll, birthday. We'll make sure uh, to get this to Bruce for you. We'll get this. We'll send this tape. I mean, to Bruce. I might know people. I'm just saying. Yeah. I, you do. I, I did meet him very briefly one, at a Paul McCartney show, and mm. uh, I just said hello, and he said, "Hey, how's it going?" I didn't. I didn't try to express to him how much he's meant to me. It was very brief. Yeah, a lot of a lot of men have this kinship and women, but I've I've noticed men specifically have this kinship to Bruce Springsteen. My bipolar friend who was once on a manic episode and crashing on my couch made me watch YouTube videos of Springsteen performing until 5 a.m. Like the sun was rising and he was like, look at the way he dances. I'm like, All right, okay. we get it. Joe crashed with you. All right. Yeah, all right. I don't want to bring it up, Joe, but Jesus Christ, man. Well, I had a great time, but uh, the rising, by the way, is a great Springsteen album, but, and I'm sitting in front of a Bruce Springsteen. I see right this. Here. I know. Uh, um, but no, I mean, he's, uh, he's amazing and he's a fantastic writer and, uh, artist, I think, um, yeah. I'm not going to defend the man, but, um, but yeah, so, I mean, New York just had that thing to me that was that my idea of like, you got to live and all that, that's yeah. what New York represented to me. Uh, ironically now it represents the opposite. I'm like, this is not, this is no way to live. Mm. I gotta get out of here. This is horrible. <laughs> I need a yard and a parking spot. But um, I understand that. You know, I got to tell you, New York City is very, very stressful to live in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I think that all four of us really feel the effects of the city. And that's why, you know, we're all going to therapy. And I've been using BetterHelp Online Counseling. You guys have been using BetterHelp Online Counseling. Yes. And yes. it is absolutely the best way to do therapy, especially in New York City when there's so much traffic, there's so many crowds, you know, and you could do it right on your phone. It's virtual online counselor with a real licensed professional counselor. You could talk about anything that you'd like because everything that you share is confidential. It's convenient. It's professional. In fact, so many people have been using BetterHelp that they're recruiting additional counselors in all 50 states and BetterHelp is worldwide. As a listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash New York. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P.com slash New York. Yeah, if Bruce Springsteen is your fake dad and your real dad doesn't listen to anything you do, go to betterhelp.com. <laughs> you know what I mean? Slash New York. Slash New York. <laughs> kid. So uh, you got to New York City. Uh, how old were you? And what was like the, the, the thing that pushed you all the way to New York, like finally pushed you? So I was 
25, I think I moved here in 07 and I was 25 and I had been doing comedy in Boston since I was 18. So I was like seven years into comedy and I always knew I would have to move and mm. wanted to move. But I also was like a drunk and, and scared and had all this anxiety. And then there was a young comic, Dan Bulger, who's a great comedian. And he oh, was you're like, you're the one who threw up in someone's shoe, right? Mm -hmm. I, I shit in her shoe. <laughs> oh, shit. That's yeah, right. Yeah. That's I what made her special. Yeah. Yes. I'm not an animal. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, um, I think I was, shit is actually more animal than No, it's fine. My... We could talk about shit here. We, this is a vomit free zone. Right. Sorry. Mm -hmm. yeah. So I will go with the shit. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, sh shit. I, sh I shit in the shoe. I had, I had a, pretty serious drinking problem for you know just a decade me too but, yeah hell yeah but uh, my friend dan he was moving to new york and he was younger and he was like this young whippersnapper and he was like i'm gonna move to new york and that my ego was like i'm the move to new york guy how is yeah. he gonna move to new york? and then i was like i'll move with you and so it was kind of this thing of like if you're going i'll go and then we we came together and um that was you, it it was how did you was, find an apartment we came, so I knew John Fish, who's a comedian who lived mm. in Astoria. And I knew a couple of comedians. I'd heard of Astoria, and I was like, okay, that seems like a place. And Astoria, so we, Queens, of course. Mm -hmm. Yes. And so we just drove to Astoria, like MapBook, old school. Oh, my God. And then like, got out in Astoria, and we're like, this seems like something. And somehow we found a broker. Like we had a, like, there was like a, a broker's office on Was Delgars. it Metro Metropolis? I'm not sure. It okay. was right by where, if you guys know where Ted lives, right by his place. His new place or his old place? 31st Street? It's, Wait, what, on... what are all of Ted's addresses? <laughs> yeah. Um, Ted, the Ted Alexander, right, of Tracy's yeah. childhood? Okay, yes. Cool. Okay. Uh -huh. It was right by Astoria Park and like Dittmar's area. Okay. And um, this lady started showing us apartments and we were we had no idea what we were doing but eventually we found one through a, a broker and um it was like way up on 20th avenue and 44th street in astoria which is like a 20 minute walk from the last train stop yes but it's such it. a beautiful neighborhood though it is and it is uh for a long time and even still where comedians are because there was so much access to LaGuardia airport Yes. So yeah. it's it's just like a mile or two away from there, right? And there was a bus that goes directly there. So for comedians who travel every single weekend, they started taking over Astoria because it was close enough to Manhattan. Yes. It's oh, either yeah. Astoria or Bushwick is where you find, you know, clusters of comedians and they all kind of share, you know, different apartments and, and uh, you know, it becomes this sort of like... <laughs> these gatherings in different areas, hot spots of comedians. <laughs> That's true. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I live with a bunch of comedians and I'm still in Astoria. I'm still 12 minutes from the airport. I love it. Mm -hmm. It's a great neighborhood. It really is. It's very neighborhoody neighborhoody, but you also have that New York City, you will have a bodega that's open late night or around the clock. You will have a good bagel store. Like the essentials are there. I love that I'm listing like, mm -hmm. I need I need milk in the middle of the night or yeah. coffee. You, yeah. need, you need a bunch of grumpy old Greek guys sitting outside of the bodega smoking cigarettes. Yes. If you're a woman, they're going to catcall you or stare at you, you know, upset. And, I wish. Yeah. <laughs> But they're kind of, I hate to say it, they're kind of nice about it. If I you know. Give them a head nod, they're good. Like I they're, know. I kind of like them. I hate saying this on record. Are, I kind of like them. They're sweet. They remind me of my dad, I think, because my dad kind of looks like that. And they yep. and he would sit on a plastic chair outside of like his buddy's <laughs> business, you know, and just 
pretend that he's uppity, but really you're just doing the trashiest thing during yeah. the day. A lot so, of plastic chairs in Astoria, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. You moved to this kind of like bougie neighborhood almost. Yeah. Um, what was your first apartment like? My first apartment, uh, it was a mess. So it was upst- It was in a house, like a pink house. Shout Ooh. out John Mellencamp. Mm-hmm. And it was upstairs and they had like, it was me and two friends, Dan Bulger and this comedian named Ira Proctor. And there was um, railroad rooms. So you had to, I had the middle Ugh. one. Mm-hmm. So to get to my bedroom, I had to walk through Dan's bedroom. Mm-hmm. And for Ira to get through to the kitchen, he had to walk through my bedroom and Dan's bedroom. So it was uh, bizarre, but it was cheap. It was 1600 bucks a month for a three-bedroom apartment. What? And yeah, now I live in a one-bedroom for $2,600 a month. So <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds yeah. right. That was yeah. 13 years ago. In a New York City apartment, it's hard enough to make dinner. Let's not make it harder. You can get fresh pre-measured ingredients and mouth-watering seasonal recipes delivered right to your door with HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh lets you skip those trips to the grocery store and makes home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. I absolutely love HelloFresh. I've been making so many great meals that I would have never thought of without these recipes. I made cheesy smothered chicken with mushrooms and carrots the other night. It was so delicious and just nothing I would have ever thought of. I really love it because everything is pre-measured. You're not really wasting a lot of things. So that's the greatest part. It's easy and stress-free. It's delicious and nutritious and there's a lot of variety. It helps you eat more sustainably and there's really no waste. It's flexible for your lifestyle. Go to HelloFresh.com slash New York 90 and use code New York 90 to get $90 off, including free shipping. So that's HelloFresh.com slash New York 90. So it was um, and all three of us were complete alcoholic maniac. I mean, I don't know that they're alcoholics, but I don't want to speak for them. But we were all, you know, partying, drug, booze, partying. And then they were gone a lot. They would go back to Boston a lot. So I was there and just never cleaned. I mean, it was a complete mess, roaches, the whole thing. It got to a point where the kitchen, you couldn't even go in there because it was so disgusting with so food. This is, but this is your guys' fault, right? Like when we talk about, a lot of times here, people yeah. are like, oh, it was the worst apartment. There was no gas. Like the toilet wouldn't flush. The landlord doesn't respond to anything. You guys were like, this was the nicest, the nicest area. We were right by the park. The train was this far away. And we just decided no. Yeah, no, this was us. The place was pretty nice. I mean, the railroad thing was awkward and strange, not sure. ideal, but um, no, it was a home and it could have been quite nice. I would be happy to live there now, but no, we destroyed it. We, our lives were. Did you guys bring the bugs? Uh, I think bugs are ready in New York. It feels yes. like, like <laughs> bugs are outside ready to come in. I feel like even if you live in a townhouse on the Upper East Side, if you just don't clean it, you'll have roaches. Wait, right. So when you say the kitchen, you couldn't go in there. What I are was you afraid to ask? Yeah. Like what are we just not doing dishes? Are we not taking out trash? Like what level of filth are we talking about? Are well, things growing? Physically, you could go in there, but it smelled. It was dishes piled up, food <sighs> and then roaches and then the smell. And then it became a thing of like, I just couldn't face it. The idea of yes. going in there. You know, when you're young and particularly when you're drinking, you're just a mess. You're like, I can't even look at that. And to summarize it, when we moved out of there, we had eight full bags of trash. 
like oh. sitting on the sidewalk. Well, there was oh. eight trash bags filled with stuff that we were like, we just get rid of that. Were you just like throwing out the dishes because you couldn't bear to deal with it? Yeah, we threw away dishes, clothes, like oh. videotape. It was just like insane. Just so much trash in the house. When videotapes are so gross that you have to throw them out, you need like a 12-step group or something. I don't know. An what anonymous kind of, call. What kind of videotapes and what happened to them? Why did you have to throw them yes, out? They had fallen or like were sticky and like, you know. And sticky. Also, there, uh, there it is. Yes. Sticky. Like, what kind of sticky? Well, also like the DVDs had taken over at that point and it was starting to be, you know, streaming. Like we just had, when we moved in, we were like, we have a VCR. And yeah, you had VCR all the Ted Alexandra specials and you had to throw them out. <laughs> exactly. We got him from school. Um, we should so call yeah. this episode Ted Alexander. <laughs> okay, Poor guy. This is such a this is such a man's thing to like let an apartment get to this level. And I've been to a few men's apartments where I like you know go walk through the door and I'm like nope, and then I leave. Right. Like, like you should move. You shouldn't even clean. You should just move. Yes. Yes. Is there like a critical like is there a point where you're like we should take care of this and then it just gets too far? Like where along this journey do we just decide? Our our kitchen is a trash is a is a trash department now. It's hard to say, um, but yeah, it definitely was um, unmanageable. And then those guys <laughs> would be gone, so it would just be me, and they would come back and be like, "What is this?" And I'm like, "Ah, you could clean it." And then they don't <laughs> clean it, and then we just you know you just kept getting takeout, and then you would just throw the pizza box in the kitchen and be like, "We'll figure that out later." Oh, are you bringing I mean, girls horrible. here? Are you bringing girls back to this place? I had a girlfriend ah! at the time who ended up being a serious girlfriend. I ended up moving out of that place and into her place. And it was only like months later that she was like, that was the worst thing I've ever seen. And it was almost a deal breaker. <laughs> but I think you know, I was, you know, nice enough. Um, <laughs> but yeah, she came there one time and I think was just appalled. But I was able to be like, my roommates are crazy. I, you, you can't believe these guys. Hey, sure. look at You're that. like, I'm super clean and I'm yeah. so uncomfortable. Do you see what they've done to the place? Yeah, exactly. yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, when you lived with her, because like you were blaming the other guys, did you feel like you had to keep up a little? Yeah, well, I, that's the thing is like now that I'm like, first of all, I'm older now and I'm sober now, but like now I'm a very neat person, actually. It had just gotten out of control and mm. then I was just overwhelmed. I didn't have the ability to to do anything at that point. I was just depressed and had panic attacks and the whole thing. Like I was just completely out of control. But once I moved with her, I felt like I was like, all right, I have something going for me now. I got a good girl and and she loves me. She and so I got to be that terminology mm -hmm. here. Canceled. <laughs> Sorry. Uh, I was I was excited to be there. And, you know, so I was cleaning up. And also it was her place that I had moved into. So I was like, you're being respectful of someone else's place that makes it easier when it's your place you're like ah, i don't give a fuck but moving into somebody else's home you're like well i, got, I can't just ruin somebody's home i mean some people can but yes i, I <laughs> 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 so, wow. so was, was that your worst place do you think the first the the uh, nightmare kitchen eight bags of trash I would say no. That was oh. not the worst place. I mean, it got to be the worst place. But like you said, like the place was fine. Uh, yeah. We just destroyed our behavior. You were the worst it. place. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was the worst place I've been mentally. Yeah. Um, but then I, so I moved with my girlfriend at the time in Harlem. I lived with her for a year, but she left the city. Then I moved back to Astoria with some comedians uh -oh. at mm -hmm. this apartment over here that's still comedians. I, I live with 
um, Jason Canner and Pat Dixon. And then this guy, you guys maybe have heard about a fellow named Jay, who is a, an older Indian gentleman that works at LaGuardia Airport, who, who still lives I, okay, with a bunch of comedians. So we had, uh, this, we yeah. had Michael Albanese on the podcast a few weeks back. And um, this is the same apartment. So this is, yes. um, okay. Yeah, so it's <laughs> so funny because- go through that entire apartment. There's a few- um, there's a few <laughs> apartments. apartments. A returning guest on our podcast. <laughs> there's a t- I think there's like at least 15 comedians that have lived there. Yeah, the, there's a few apartments that uh, are just, I guess, like comedian crash pads that are like infamous. Mm-hmm. And uh, Sean Patton had one on Hart Street in yep. Bushwick that we talked about on the podcast. He actually gave the address, which is crazy, and then was like, "Oh, and comedians still live there." And we were like, <laughs> "Okay, good, Sean." Um, <laughs> And then this also uh, Michael Albanese's uh, uh, apartment as well. And this is the exact same apartment that you lived in. And it's actually turning around right now. There's, you know, new, new blood coming into it. Yeah, I think J.P. McDade lives there. <laughs> Alex Pavone lived there. <laughs> Alex Pavone, yeah, Alex Pavone just yeah. moved out. Michael just moved out. Um, yeah. I think Scopo just moved out. And now it's just going to be new. And it's so exciting. Yeah. It's insane. I mean, Dan Allen, Paul Odo, Emily Tarver, um, Pat Dixon, Jason Canner, Rob O'Reilly. I mean, it's just tons of comics. It's just a who's who. The it's a who's comics. who. Who cares? <laughs> comics, comics are like bugs, too. It's like comics are ready. You know what I mean? That apartment yeah, yeah. is opening and there's just comics waiting. Exactly. But I, So I moved into that apartment and my room was... 14 there's one tiny room that pavone lived in he's a little mm-hmm. guy it's 14 <laughs> feet by seven feet so right. i could i'm a long guy i could basically touch both sides of the wall if i right. just did this yeah and um that was pretty rough and then we were all drinking maniacs too and um that, were, that that's a closet messy. did you can you fit a bed in there I had a twin bed and Aww. then like the TV did you walk was at the in, end of it. Did you walk in onto the bed? There was a little bit of space. So you'd walk in and then maybe like three paces, three steps would be to the bed. Oh, the big It was like three. a bureau. But I mean, seven feet wide. So like if I laid down, I could almost, my head and toes were almost touching. Was your TV on the actual bed? No, it was on a little bureau. So I had like a bed and then a bureau over here. And it was a teeny TV that my ex-girlfriend sold to me when we moved out, which I still, <laughs> I'm still like somewhat in touch with her. I haven't talked to her in a little while, but I would still bust her balls because she was like, I paid like 300 bucks. So I gave her like $150 for her TV. <laughs> TV. And, well, uh, when you say drinking, are you, you know, are you going out doing stand up all night and then going to the bars? Are you coming home like, as the sun rises, how how heavy is this getting? I'm doing all those things you just said. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I drink it at home a lot, drinking at bars, drinking for free, drinking yeah. at clubs all night. Yeah, till the sun came up all the time. Yeah, Go so back. drinking for free, drinking for pay, drink, like just yeah. <laughs> any kind of drinking, you're doing yeah. it. Yeah. yeah, you know, I mean, it's, see, it, it, again, it's like that was like another thing, you know, growing up with like being into like, Tom Waits and like detective movies. Yeah. <laughs> it felt like drinking was like uh, romantic and fun. Yeah, of course. Yeah. yeah. Sure. So now um, you come to New York City. You've been here for a few years. Is it what you thought it was going to be? Um, boy, that's a good question. No one's ever asked me that. Um, I don't know. I guess so. Like I, to me, like bars was a big part of it. I, like I said, mm-hmm. I liked the idea of being like this night hawk and going to diners at, late at night, which I still love diners and staying up 
relatively late. Although during COVID, I've been going to bed at like midnight. It's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Um, no, that's that's what a person's supposed to do. Yeah, that's a good point. It's so that's, weird. It I'm is still th- up till four just to stay I, with the lifestyle. Right. Like I said, <laughs> that's what a person is like. <laughs> I've been watching like if you watch episodic TV from like the 80s or 90s, they will pick up the phone and be like, why are you calling me? It's the middle of the night and it's 11 p.m. And I go, I think that's like normal middle of the night. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think people go to bed at like nine. But Wild. I was always up till four or five for years. But I guess it was what I wanted it to be. I mean, I did love it. I still remember like taking a cab home, going up like Sixth Avenue and looking and being like, oh my God, this is it. And being at like a pizza place and being like, I love every inch of this. And so that's worn off a little bit. But it definitely, um, it, was, it was exciting. I thought it was like unbelievable. I still love it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, so uh, there's a place in New York City called Union Square, and it's uh, basically 14th Street, right in yeah. the uh, middle-ish? Park, park Avenue. Yeah, so it's like 5th, yeah. and, uh, you know, it's kind of like in the middle, and there's a big park there. They have a farmer's market. There's a Whole Foods. There's a Trader Joe's. Movie like theater. It's yeah. like all different kinds of things, and it's just a weird place. That's the first neighborhood I ever lived in in New York, in the dorms. Oh, wow. So yeah. bizarre. Great neighborhood. It's a no, great it's neighborhood. But no, you don't think not. so? It fucking sucks. Well, you, want to go to, you want to go to a CVS and watch some guy nod off on heroin? It's a horrible <laughs> it's, fucking place. But that's what I'm saying. It's the weirdest place because it's so upscale and then so uh, invaded yeah. by, you know, more unfortunate people at yeah. the same time. Like, But I will tell you, fun fact about Union Square, um, I don't know if you guys know, but... Um, me and uh, Anthony Weiner, we have a long history together. Yes, we've discussed them. And Anthony Weiner from my neighborhood moved to uh, Union Square, and that's where him and his boo lived. Uh, I think they might still live there, or they lived there until recently. And someone put a body in the um, what's it called the the garbage chute. Whoa. Someone killed someone and then put them in the garbage chute in that building, which is right on, um, it's like Irving Place yeah. and 14th Street, that big building right there by the grocery store that's kind of like built into the grocery store. Yeah. Um, yeah. And they disposed of the body. And I was like, oh, I know that building. That's so cool. <laughs> Union Square is like, it's similar to the Garment District or Hell's Kitchen in that it's very corporate. It's very busy. It's a central hub for transportation. And also the worst. Yeah. It's also like just <laughs> filled with human despair. Like right. I despise living there because I mean, I was in the dorms. I was also, that was my first neighborhood in New York City. Um, you know, there's no quiet. There's no like going to the corner and fucking talking to right. someone. You're getting railroaded by tourists. Constantly. I mean, everyone has experiences in Union Square. Yeah. 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 So there's like a um, there's like a bit of a skid row type of area there. Yeah. Which is so weird because right down the block, there's a park that you can't get into unless you live there and have a key. Yeah. Yes. It's, but it's Union, you can just you can walk right in. Uh, (laughs) i went to the new york film academy way back before i moved here oh really center was right there yeah yeah i remember that yeah yeah which i guess i skipped that that was actually the first time i lived in new york and that had tons of roaches and that wasn't our fault did you uh did you block that part out i guess i did yeah but i mean i lived there it was like five weeks i lived there um and i shared a studio apartment with a with a stranger like i just slept on the couch why was this happening to your life 
because I went to the New York Film Academy for acting because I was doing stand-up comedy and I was like, I got to learn how to act because then yeah. eventually I'll, I'll have a sitcom. And so I went to, uh, that hasn't quite come to fruition yet, but <laughs> so I went to New York Film Academy for acting and um, it was so expensive to live in the area that they would put students together. And so I met, I left this, I live with this guy named Martin who was from some kind of French island. I forget which one. He's but he was to a very film exotic. Academy. Ooh. Yeah. But he was a tan, exotic, like Caribbean type of guy. And he was just had women every night. He was a really sexy guy. And <laughs> yeah. then we just shared like a tiny space. <laughs> and so roaches. he would just be, yeah. you know, fucking like right next to me. It was <laughs> crazy. You know, it's a fun fact about the New York Film Academy. I used to, t- I used to fuck one of the directors of the New York Film Academy. Oh, no kidding! I wonder if I know him. They have Probably. that in their brochure. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you, the director fucks young women he meets in bars in Williamsburg. You know, that's really night. shocking that a professor yeah. at any kind of acting school would ever engage in any I, kind of sexual activity I, with I, a student. That sounds disgusting and unrealistic. Yeah, I can't even believe it. Was he also a DJ on the side? Yes. Yeah. Did he also have a place in Williamsburg? And I left my earrings there and he wouldn't give them to me until I agreed to go on a date with him. Also, yes. You know what I mean? Oh, it was the worst of times. It was the worst of times. It's quite a move. Oh my God. (laughs) (laughs) Charming. Yeah. He was a good guy. Um, Um, I can't imagine how stressful that must have been because life can be stressful even under normal circumstances. 2020 has challenged even the most difficult times of life. You need stress relief that goes beyond quick fixes. That's Headspace. Headspace is your daily dose of mindfulness in the form of guided meditations in an easy to use app. Headspace is one of the only meditation apps advancing the fields of mindfulness and meditation through clinically validated research. So whatever the situation, Headspace really can help you feel better. Overwhelmed? Headspace has a three-minute SOS meditation for you. Need some help falling asleep? Headspace has wind-down sessions their members swear by. And for parents, Headspace even has morning meditations you can do with your kids. Headspace's approach to mindfulness can reduce stress, improve sleep, boost focus, and increase your overall sense of well-being. I absolutely love using Headspace because it is so calming. You deserve to feel happier, and Headspace is meditation made simple. Go to headspace.com slash New York. That's headspace.com slash New York for a free one-month trial to access to Headspace full library of meditations for every situation. This is the best deal offered right now. Head to headspace.com slash New York today. Well, one time I was walking through Union Square and this is like, this is like a pure New York thing. I saw a guy, I think shooting heroin into another guy's eye, like the uh, pink of your uh, eye. Wait, what part of your eye? I think there's like, I think you could shoot into that little, the pink Like the, in- of your, of the inside? Pupil. Yeah, like the yeah. tear duct. Yeah. Oh. And the guy was just injecting a needle into the guy's like the guy was just laying there on the grass and I was on the sidewalk because it's kind of elevated the park. Yeah. And so I turned and it was like eye level, no pun intended. I was just a guy like hold still and he was shooting okay. a needle into his eyeball. I'm going to challenge you on that one. How do you know that he wasn't doing like a cataract surgery? <laughs> Could have been. I you know what I'm saying? Paramedics or something. Yes. Mm-hmm. It could have been something else. I mean, they were in the area of where... The heroin. For lack mm-hmm. of a better term, hang out. And uh, he was definitely injecting a needle. And it was 
fascinating. It was one of those things like a car accident where you look away, but then you're kind of like, wait, what am I looking at again? You kind of. It was out. a B12 shot, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> but the most interesting part, and this felt like the most New York thing, was I forgot to tell my wife about it <laughs> until like three days later. I was like, oh my God, I completely forgot. I saw a guy shooting, which I think about like the town I grew up in. If my mother walked up the street in Whitman and saw someone shooting a needle into somebody's face, that would be the only story she told for a decade. She would have called 911. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I didn't call anybody. I just didn't occur to me. Yeah. Yeah. I just caught the next train and said that was crazy. We're like, yeah, it's his journey. Let him do his eye heroin in peace. Who am I? Maybe it's a B12 shot. (laughs) All right. So the guy that's getting shot the heroin or, you know, suppose alleged heroin Mm -hmm. into his eye is, does he look lethargic? Mm. Yeah. He he was just kind of laying there. Okay. Definitely a B12 shot. He mm-hmm. was pretty subdued. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was probably um, low on B12. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and his friend was like, how do I get this into his bloodstream the quickest? Mm. That's fair. Tear duct. Yeah. Maybe There's it was... A- <laughs> Union Square, you find so many different characters... I've seen like there's bands there. There's yep. there were people doing you know fitness on those bouncy leg things. There's Wait, those- what's a bouncy leg thing? It's this like the they attach to each foot. A trampoline? What are we? They, what? they attach to each foot, and they're sort of like. Um, Pete Diddy had them in one of like the MTV like moon awards shoes? or something like that. There were moon shoes. <laughs> Kemdo, was this the 90s? Are That's we back in the 90s again? Always, first of yeah. all. Yeah. Uh-huh. Okay. Get to know me. Uh-huh. <laughs> and uh, no, this, I don't know, but it could have been like the 2000s because I forget which. Sure. I forget a decade in there. You know I'm what like, I mean? like moon boots. What the fuck? Okay. Uh-huh. There were moon boots and then there were these other ones that they, they, who cares? They were jumping, doing exercise, and there was like <laughs> 20 of them. Mm-hmm. And then there's another time where you get out of the train and there's a guy preaching about uh, God. And then <laughs> I yes. think he, he looks at me and goes, yeah, you're one of the Jewish ones. God hates you. You know, <laughs> what are they? The, the Israelites or something like that? They don't oh, like my face. Oh, OK. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's also... um what I would see in Union Square all the time is the chess guys. I'm a big fan of the chess yes. guys. Um, and those are usually, I mean, I don't know if all chess playing people are homeless. I think a good percentage of them are. <laughs> Do you think are? that there's some kind of training? Like for, like, okay, you're living in an apartment. All of a sudden you're like, I don't think I'm going to be able to make the rent anymore. Do you start like studying chess? I- don't for your next endeavor do you start like you know like while you have internet access are you like googling articles are you like let me see the rules i need to like bobby fisher what was he up to (laughs) um union square has the chess guys too yes yeah some there yeah yeah washington square is like the chess capital it seems to me yes yeah you graduate from union to washington when you you get super homeless you walk the seven blocks and then you start playing those guys in in washington square i always ask they're like hey you want to play and i find it a little offensive that they look at me (laughs) and they're like this guy plays i mean joe come on (laughs) i don't know how to play chess and i wasn't a good student and i had sex pretty frequently i just have bad eyesight yeah, what are you wearing those glasses for if you don't want to be a chess guy? Come it's on It's a now. good thing you can pay your rent. That's all yeah, I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. you're prime chess guy Because material. it's a doggy dog world out there in the chess community, and you would not survive if you were... Uh, what did we have to call homeless people? Um, shelter. What, did, what was it? 
the, the shelter adjacent. Yeah, yeah. It was something like that. Um, so- unhomed. I heard unhomed recently. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, the, I used to talk to the chess guys. So when I lived in Union Square, near Union Square, I had no friends because I had just moved to the city. I was going to college. No one liked me. I was an overly friendly Canadian. Um, so I would just hang out in Union Square by myself and I would often talk to the chess guys because I was lonely. Some of them have homes. A lot of them are out of their minds, but you know, they're friendly. They're always friendly. They're never like menacing the chess guys. Um, And then I found out I dated a guy, a Russian guy who was like a chess prodigy when he was a kid. And he was like, I used to go to Union Square to practice with the chess guys. And some of them are like fucking good. Like there's, you know, they're unfortunately like severely mentally ill, but they're you know, very, very smart people. Those two are not, you know, wow. don't exclude one another. And he was like, yeah, there's, he was like naming certain chess guys who were like the best ones. Did you know any of those guys, Joe? Did I know any of the chess people? The chess guys? I, yeah, no, you yeah. never like got. No, I never got. No, I don't know any of the chess guys. You never guys, got but close enough. <laughs> I was there yesterday. I was through in Washington Square and they were all saying hello and such because they want to play, but yeah. I don't play. Are they wearing masks at, uh, at the chess table? No, I didn't see many masks, but you know, they're outside. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Question mark. Was that yeah. the craziest thing that you've ever seen in Union Square? That was probably the craziest, but it depends on your scale of crazy. Because another time, my wife and I think it was Gary Veter and I, who's a wonderful comedian, we were going to catch the train and we saw David Blaine, international superstar magician, (laughs) David Blaine. (laughs) And he was randomly in Union Square doing like close-up magic, like card tricks. (laughs) And we stopped and we're like, that's David Blaine. And then we heard the train and we were like, fuck. And we ran down the stairs and just left to catch our train, which also very, very New York. Like people pay like a thousand dollars a ticket to see this guy just performing for like six people. And we were like, ah, let's get out of here. We don't need to see David Blaine right now. Even though there's another train really just behind it. Yeah. But you know, sometimes you just want to get home. You're like, I get it. That was David Blaine's open mic. You know what I mean? He's like, I'm going to go to Union Square and just do some magic. No one's going to think it's me. Exactly. Yeah, we weren't, we weren't into it. He's also a very sexy man. I don't like my wife near <laughs> sexy men, you know? I'm glad that she didn't have to share your apartment with you when you were at the film academy. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like David Blaine, um, like what he was doing kind of like validates co- comedians because, you know, it's like one day you're doing a bar show uh, <laughs> that's unpaid for three people in a basement. And then, you know, the next day, Joe, you've had some giant shows. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've done some really big shows and some really horrendous shows. No what was like the it. biggest uh, deal show that you've done? I mean, the biggest. I mean, the biggest deal for me was doing Letterman, but the biggest, like numbers wise, yeah. I opened for Louis C.K. at Madison Square Garden. Madison a Square few Garden. Times. So that was like seventeen thousand people, which was insane. And I did it three times, and one of them. I just bombed really, really hard. No. And I always tell this story, but you know how like when you're doing a set, sometimes you'll, you'll do a joke and like one person will laugh and you're like, this guy, thank you, this guy gets it. Yeah. I almost did that at Madison Square Garden. <laughs> like wh- literally, I was on the tip of my tongue. Like I just heard one guy in like section 240 go, ah. and I was like, eh. And I just stopped myself from being like, thank you, sir. 
But oh there was, my God. I think the actual number was like 15,000 people. And two of them were really great. One of them, I just stunk it up. It was terrible. Yeah, but did you get your drink ticket at the end? They gave me a drink ticket. Okay. <laughs> I did get a free beer. A pretzel, um, perhaps? Yeah, we got free pretzels okay. and, and beer. And uh, it was pretty exciting. That's well, a fun night. Was it the type of bomb? So I feel like there's different types of bombs. Sometimes it's bad out the gate and you know, you can like smell it and you're like, oh shit, this is about to be so fucking bad. Or there's ones where it's going okay and then there's a pivotal moment and then it goes bad. Was it, was it a bomb all the way through? Was there something that you yes, did? Please relive this wonderful movie. I gotta know. I, I've never met someone who bombed in Madison Square Garden. Andrea. I have to fucking know. <laughs> Andrea. And we're, Andrea's audio is being shut off now. Um, <laughs> Hamza and I are going to be doing the rest of this podcast with you. Joe, are you feeling bad about yourself today? Uh, is there anything that we could do to make you feel worse? Um, I feel okay. I mean, it was many years ago. It's funny now. But no, yeah. it was a bomb all the way through. <laughs> uh, it was Aww. from the get-go, first line. And it was that sweat kind of bomb. And it was the kind of bomb, if you've ever had this, where you find yourself telling a joke you haven't told in years and you're yes. like, how the hell am I, what am I even doing? Yes. Oh, your brain just, just starts going haywire. Grasping at things, being like, maybe this old head, I don't know. Well, wow. to me, the worst part of bombing is the feeling, obviously, like, you know, you're a good comedian and the feeling of everybody, you feel everyone feeling this person sucks. Yes. That's what makes you crazy. And so to have that in like double digit, thousands of people yes! being like this guy stinks and then you name your comedy album i hate myself well thank you again louis ck <laughs> well yeah i mean the reason why i ask is because joe is a you know obviously very well established respected comedian so it's like i'm sure that doesn't happen to him that often that happening in that setting must just be so crazy out of control feeling do you like disassociate from your from your body while that's happening it was unpleasant. It was definitely like counting the minutes and you had that thing of like this 12 more minutes of this because there's like a digital <laughs> yes, clock on stage yes. counting up. Um, so it was pretty brutal. And then, um, yeah, you just kind of go, all right, well, that's a, that's a group of people. Because here's the thing that helps is that even 15,000 people is still a very small amount of people. There's like 7 billion people in the world and sure. 350 million in the country. So 15, Who said that to you five. after? Dan yeah, 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 yeah. That yeah. sounds like a solar <laughs> thing. I love this, like, ther this bomb therapy. Like, dude, it wasn't even that bad. It wasn't even that bad. Nobody Worst. knows you, man. Yeah. Nobody still knows you. <laughs> Worst case scenario, 15,000 people think I suck. Uh, so what was it like when the other two shows that you, you know, did really well on, what, were, what was that feeling like? Uh, it was good. It was fun. I mean, it was pretty amazing and exciting. But even then, you're still your opening. So you can see people walking around getting drinks and stuff. Yeah. So, um, but it was pretty It was pretty cool. But the interesting thing about comedy is that it's like, there's nothing different for me to do. It's not like I'm like, hey, everybody! <laughs> it's still just like, hey, hey, guys. Um, but it was, it was pretty great. I mean, that was exciting. Congrats. That's amazing. You have um, an amazing career. Yeah. Oh, thank you. Appreciate yeah. it. Yeah. And some amazing apartments. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, those, the, the Union Square really um, shaped who you are today, I think. Yeah. I, I think and in a lot of ways. Back. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, I went to the New York Film Academy there. That we heard. For me. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> I've not acted once ever. Since. <laughs> 
and um, so it didn't work. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, I listen, like I've heard much. about the New York Film Academy. They're not doing a whole lot. I don't think. I don't even know if it's there anymore. But that's neither. No, here I don't there. think so either. Yeah, I haven't seen it in a while. Oh. Andrea's here with all the good news. Yeah. Um, By the way, that place. It's. I mean, it can't be accredited. It's not there. I'm just here with the facts. Okay. I don't, let's not talk like I'm some fucking monster. I think you're you're too much of a truth teller today, Andrea. But if you if you if you bombed in Madison Square Garden, Stop. I'm gonna ask some follow up fucking questions. Are you serious, it's Andrea? Amazing. It's amazing. Well, the thing I that res- sucks I about this, I respect it more than anything. Anyone, the thing, I, whatever. The, the my thing mic. that sucks is that Andrea is the one that edits this podcast. So this is definitely. <laughs> thing in, and there's nothing I'm we can really do it about it. <laughs> Joe, you're a hero of mine. Okay, I love oh, that. Thank you. I love thank that. You. It was yeah, fun. yeah. Your your comedy special on Comedy Central um, was just so beautiful. Oh, it's amazing. Oh, thank you. I well, thought yeah. that, is that a good word for it? like beautiful? It was beautiful. It was yeah. wonderful. It made I was loling on my couch by myself and I think that there are very few comics that can make me laugh out loud by myself and I think that that is the true test because we all smile we all smirk y'all you know you you make like a a gesture in your brain yeah you're like oh that was funny but like to actually cause a physical reaction oh well I appreciate that thank you that makes me feel good and I I always want comedians to enjoy it more than even non-comedians well, where Absolutely. can comedians and non-comedians find you? Um, YouTube. Uh, the special's on YouTube. I hate myself. And um, You I guys are used there. to typing I hate myself into search browsers, right? <laughs> right. Just put it into YouTube. It's written all over notebooks. He yeah. wrote it after he bombed yeah. in uh, Madison Square Garden. Uh, <laughs> Maybe, Andrea. Go ahead. Sorry, keep plugging. <laughs> Make um, it a useful search term and add Joe List to yes. it. Yeah, throw that up there too. For a minute, I, uh, maybe it's just because it was my computer, computer algorithm, but when you typed in I hate myself, it came up. That was like the first thing that came up. So that was You exciting. made it. That's I don't nice. know if that's Fuck still yeah. the case, but yeah, it's uh, the specials on YouTube. I hate myself. And um, yeah, comedianjoelist.com and then at Joelist Comedy on Twitter and Instagram. Right. And you have an amazing podcast called Tuesdays with Stories. Um, I get people telling me all the time, asking me if I know you. Oh, wow. You're, you're the guy, Joe. Mm-hmm. Oh, that makes me feel good. I appreciate it. I have another podcast, Mindful Metal Jacket, that you were on. That's yes, right. absolutely. Yeah, Joe um, Joe loves to talk about anxiety and you know mental health and all those things. And uh, Mindful Metal Jacket is an absolutely fantastic podcast, and I had a great time on it. So oh. check out my episode and everyone else's episode that you've recorded with. You have some great guests on there. Thank you. Yeah, thanks everybody. This is great. I feel great. Absolutely. Other than the bombing stuff. Yeah, I mean, other than I, Andrea, was, I'm so, I, I was trying to build a relationship with you, man. I was yeah, you did a great job. Trauma. I think you guys are best friends now. <laughs> no, it was good. No, I appreciate it. This is really nice. You were a fabulous guest, Joe. Come down. Where can people find you? Follow you? Oh, thank you. I'll yeah. be uh, bombing through my closet, um, yeah. working up to Madison Square Garden, mm-hmm. keithandthegirl.com, Keith and the Girl on social media. Keith and the Girl is the podcast that everybody in this Zoom room has been on. So go to keithandthegirl.com or on any platform, Keith and the Girl. Andrea? You can find me bombing all over the city. You can follow me at Andrea. I bomb naked. So, you know, that's I've been there, ma'am. I've um, done that too. Oh, God. It really just takes the depths of your humanity to just return after that. Um, You can see me on Instagram at AndreaComedy69. You can also check out my podcast, The Hot Mess Comedy Hour. um, And also go to OnlyInNewYork.com. 
com. Only in New York pod. 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 Com. Wow. Yeah. I'm really together today. Um, only in New York pod.com to check out all of the stuff we have available there. We got holographic stickers. What? We got bonus episodes. We got all of the things we got shout outs. We recently did a balls and sauce, uh, brunch yeah, virtual hang with one of the listeners. And I had such a blast. I had such a great time. Yeah, was- absolutely. Check it out on only New York pod.com. Yes. Tracy, Amazing. what do you got going on? Uh, so I have a podcast called Teen Mom Trash Talk, another one called 90 Day Fiance Trash Talk. I don't know if you guys have ever watched. Uh, I, don't, mm, I don't know if you guys have ever hated yourselves this much. <laughs> yes. I know you hate yourself. Joe, jo, do you hate yourself enough to watch either of those shows? No, I don't. Yeah, this is a new level. I'm just (laughs) letting you know. Um, And also, don't forget that I'm on Cameo. So, uh, guys, go over to Cameo and uh, I make the best birthday present ever. I'm just letting you know. Uh, You can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at Trixie Tuzini and go to tracycarnazzo.com for everything Tracy Carnazzo. Andrea, what do you have to say about that? Balls, sauce, bomb. (laughs) 